You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning, all of you up at the mills. Great expectations when change comes knocking. You know what I was thinking of when I was thinking of that? I was thinking about our staff, Riverside staff, gift exchange. A little party we had this last week, you know. And uh, I think there's a little bit of confusion because we drew names out of a hat or whatever and uh, picked different people. And only one person, I think, really embraced the spirit of what it was supposed to be. You know, there were a lot of expected gifts given. And I have to say, me, some of you guys think I'm a real crazy, wild person. Um, I did something pretty average. I gave Don Greb what you would expect me to give Don Greb, because I, I pulled Don Greb's hat. I don't, I don't know how you guys know Don, our business administrator, very well, but what do you think I gave Don Greb? A calculator. <laughs> Don, if you're up at the mills, you'll be happy to know that they all said calculator. I don't know where Don is today, which site he's at. No, come on, what does Don love? If you know Don, what does Don love? What's his thing all the time? Coke. I got, him, I got him this cool little pack of Coke, you know, and one of our staff members was making fun of me for doing that because he knew what I was getting. And uh, so it got to me, and uh, of course, Zolo drew my name, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of very nice little gifts were given, and everyone was like, oh, it's nice, you know. Well, I get my bag, and Chad and Julie had, had purchased me something. Julie helped Chad because he needs help with that type of thing. And uh, so... I got two things out of this deal, and uh, one of which was, was these cool finger lights here. Okay, so this is pretty cool, right? It's kind of like a superhero thing. You getting that in the camera? Pew, pew. That's pretty cool, isn't it? All right? I never, I, I tell you right now, of all the things I was expecting, finger lights were not one of them. But pretty awesome, right? But that's not all. All right, um, they got me something else. Let's see if you can get that on the camera there. It's a pack of mustaches. So, I have to ask you, which one should I put on right now? The vaudeville, the business, the magician, the motorhead, the chaplain, or the cowboy? All right. Now, I'll narrow it down for you. I asked Jeremy and Marissa in the back, and they were between cowboy and motorhead. All right, that's what they both picked. I won't tell you which one picked which. So how many guys want to see the motorhead? Raise your hand. Come on, guys. All right, well, you better raise your hand. How many want to see the cowboy? Oh, man. All right, well, here comes, here comes the cowboy then. All right, I might need some help getting this on. Uh, Nate, you might, you might need to straighten this for me to make sure it's all right. Since you're down there in the front row, you can help me out. If I can get the sticky part off of this, it's kind of difficult. But it's going to be worth the wait. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> See, I don't think that this is like a real high quality mustache. I can't get it off. Give it to a kid. That is about right. Stink. I can't. Can you get? Can you get this off of here? I don't know if you need fingernails for this, or I mean, the, maybe the finger lights are mess, mess, messing me up. I don't have fingernails. I because I, I got to put this on. It's gonna ruin everything if I don't. You, can't, you don't even have any fingernails. Who has fingernails? Does someone have fingernails? You got fingernails? Sorry, Mills. I hope the tr- camera's watching me here. Can you get that off there? It's going to be worth it. I mean, I've never done this before in all the years I've been preaching on a Sunday morning. Sarah, you guys work on that, all right? So, 
<laughs> Hopefully you can get it off. Just in case, I'm going to see what the mo- see if I can get the motorhead because maybe God is de- maybe God is deciding what mustache by which one I can get off. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know God wants the motorhead. That was God. That's the Holy Spirit. You got it. Did you didn't get it? All right, is that straight? How's that look? How's that? Is that is that? Without a mirror, did I do okay on that? All right. How many guys will be able to take me seriously if I leave this on the whole time? So I put one on. So did you say it looks good? So you got to get it with this, right? Some kind of really weird superhero. Uh, was not expecting mustaches. Uh, but that was what was in my gift. And I turned the lights off. I don't want to blind you guys. The day that he gave this to me, of course, you know, I, I put one of them on. I just left it on. I just walked around. I had to go out. So I went down to our building that we we're working on. There were some guys there I didn't know. I'm just talking to them. You know, just to see their reaction, you know. And people just talk to you. They didn't say anything. So then I went to go get my car picked up from Bob Ross' place. And uh, there was some guy outside there that waved me over to ask me something. I just walked up to him and started talking to him. I mean, this doesn't look real, you know. It's really soft. Like a, like a, like a, like a stuffed animal. And... Uh, Dude didn't say anything to me. He just carrying on a normal kind. I was just looked at him straight face, had a whole conversation. Went in, Bob Roth said nothing to me. I guess Bob expects it out of me. It's like no big deal. It's the average, average day in the life of, of Donnie, I guess, is, is probably what he was thinking about that. So uh, all that to say, if you want to play with the finger lights later, let me know. But you're not putting a mustache on. Maybe one I've already used, but uh, I can't leave this on the whole time. Do you guys get, do you drink that in okay? Okay, all right, I'm taking it off for now. Maybe I'll put it on if you're good again later. But I uh, can't get off my finger. <laughs> um, we're talking about expectations, right? And uh, I wasn't expecting that. I wouldn't have asked for that, certainly. If I said, hey, Donnie, what do you want for Christmas? I never would have asked for finger lights and fake mustaches. But they were pretty awesome. And we got a good laugh out of it. And we're still getting a good laugh out of it. And it, it made a good memory. And uh, I was thinking of that as being kind of the way our expectations are, you know? And when I look back at my life over the biggest changes that have taken place in my life, um, most of the time my flesh and my human side is no good to me. When change comes in any area, you know, I've gone through some big changes in my life when I was a kid with my family and, you know, with the passing of loved ones and then, you know, moving here to Pittsburgh. I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm from Western New York and moving here at a young age, just kind of coming to this new place. My flesh, my human side, my human understanding never was really reliable to me. It always ended up being the spirit of God that led me through the biggest changes in my life, either to help me cope with change or to kind of whisper in my ear saying, this is the way I want you to go. It was always the Spirit of God that truly was the defining factor and the determining factor in all of the biggest changes in my life. And and looking back, I'm like, man, my flesh really wasn't good for anything. Yet I had all kinds of great expectations, and I could go through each one of those huge changes in my life and say, man, I expected this, but this is what happened. Or I expected that, but this is what happened. So we expect a lot, if you think about it. In all of the areas of your life, and and maybe you haven't even thought about it enough where you could write it down, but in your family, in your job, with your future, all of us have some preset expectations with with how the school year is going to go and, you know, uh, what's going to happen with, you know, getting married and having kids and what our job, like all of that stuff, we have expectations. Whether we've articulated them or not, we have them. But the question is, 
are God's expectations as good as ours? Like, are our expectations and God's expectations the same? And when you think about God's expectations, whose expectations are truly great? Because we're talking about great expectations. Can imperfect, flawed, broken, fragile people have great expectations? Or can only someone who's great truly have great expectations? And if you look at it that way, you think, man, you know, if, if I am human and broken and I don't see the big picture and I don't understand everything and I have all these selfish desires clouding everything, then maybe my expectations really aren't that great. Maybe it's God's expectations because he's perfect and he's great. Maybe it's his expectations that really are truly great. And so how do you navigate the conflict and the fog between those two things, our expectations and God's expectations. And I think there's really only one way to do that, and that's to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. So I want you to turn to a great Christmas passage. Smell my sarcasm. John chapter 6, verse 53. It's a great, I know everyone thinks of John 6 when you think of Christmas, something we should be reading at every holiday gathering. John chapter 6, verse 53. And uh, go there. I'll give you a second to turn there. I think it's important that we know where stuff is in our Bibles. I encourage you to be digging in. If you're new to the whole following Jesus thing, please don't take you know, my word for things or anybody that stands up on a, on a platform like this preaching. Read the Bible for yourself. Dig in. You can understand it. Um, God can speak to you, uh, maybe more through doing that than uh, through someone like me. Um, John chapter 6, uh, verse 53 is where we're going to start. And uh, yes, I was being sarcastic when I said this is a Christmas passage, because I don't think anyone would think of this. Now, before we get into the text here, I mean, Christmas is awesome. It's this warm, fuzzy time of year that you feel good about things. I mean, freshly baked cookies, and fa-la-la-la-la, and jingle bells, and there's so many warm feelings, and giving gifts to each other, and, and church is about that, which it should be during these times, because, you know, everyone was feeling good about Jesus, their expectations of him when he showed up as the baby and the angels were singing to the shepherds, you know, great news, joy, hope, you know, the cute little baby. And everyone loved Jesus when he started growing up and healing people and like talking all about hope and feeding people. People were getting free meals. People were getting their sicknesses healed. Um, all this great stuff at Christmas that, that we get wrapped up. There's just all a lot of warm, fuzzy stuff, right? And I think that when it comes to God and Jesus and Christianity, that's kind of what we expect. And we aren't wrong to expect that. But the, as Jesus got older and his ministry developed, some of those things uh, kind of were shattered. Those expectations ended up being shattered. And, and what I did, and he did that a lot of, in a lot of ways. You read through Jesus' ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there were a lot of these moments where it was like, you know, oh, Jesus is awesome, Jesus is awesome. And he would say something, people were like, What? What is going on here? You know, we love our expectation of Jesus similar to theirs. You know, deliver us. Give me what I want. Heal me. You know, fix all my problems. Um, you know, make sure I'm not oppressed by anyone and help me to have a, a warm, fuzzy life. Help me have a great holiday. Help everyone just to be well around me. And, and those are, you know, we're human. That's the way it goes. And the people expected Jesus to come heal them, feed them, deliver us from the Roman Empire. Like, we don't want to be in slavery anymore. Jesus is going to be this king, this prince. He's going to fix everything. It's going to be awesome. Right? And then you had moments like these where those great expectations were kind of shattered. Right? So they're, they're following after him. They're getting free meals. There's, when you start handing out food and healing people, you get a big crowd. 
Okay, so there's a big crowd following Jesus, and Jesus would just do this sometimes. You know, his disciples freaked out when he did this. He would just turn around and just say stuff like this out of the blue. So it says, John 6, 53, says, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Really? Can you imagine during a Christmas Eve service if someone just like whipped something like that out at you? And you're like, what? And that's what the people did. He just spun around and said this to them. And they're all like, what? is this guy nuts? They're nudging each other. Did he just say, eat my flesh and drink my blood? You know, and then go on. He gets where he did. Jesus didn't leave it alone, right? Verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood. That's just intense. Has eternal life. And will raise them up. And I will raise them up at the last day. Okay, so now he's getting weird on them. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, and you will be raised from the dead. What is going on, you know? Uh, Is this worth a free meal? Verse 55. For my flesh is a real food and my blood is a real drink. So just in case they didn't hear it, he's pounding at home. Verse 56. uh, He said, whoever eats me, and he keeps repeating that because he knew it made him uncomfortable. He keeps repeating the eat my flesh and drink my blood thing. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, you know they're cringing every time he said that, remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, um, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. I mean, this is zombie talk, right? Jesus is getting zombie on them. So verse 58, he says, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread, will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And verse 60 is not a surprise. On hearing it, many of his disciples, he was in a synagogue talking to church people, Christians. He's talking to people who really you'd expect to be the part of all the people that he talked to everywhere he went. They would be the ones that get it. But we'll be the ones that would understand. So he breaks out this crazy talk. And it says, they said in verse 60, the disciples, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, which, you know, is an understatement, okay? They were probably like, what? This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Wow, dude. You, you, and we sit there and we're like, okay, well, those fools. That's obviously referring to communion, right? Well, think if there was no communion. That concept was totally foreign. We'd never heard of it before. And someone stood up and said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. To a bunch of, you know, Old Testament Jews, like whatever, that's crazy, pagan, like, nutso talk. And you know they were just shifting in their seats and thinking, this man is a heretic. He's a blasphemer. He's crazy. What is going on? His disciples, you know when you're with someone who says something awkward? And you're like, uh, you know, you just feel that tension. You know, you really like them, but everyone else is feeling awkward. You know, his disciples were like, what is he doing right now? Like, this is not, this is not the way to win people. This is not the way to, like, get people to come over to your way of thinking, right? And Jesus just shocks them with this. They didn't expect that. They didn't expect Jesus to be that. They didn't expect him to say those things. They didn't expect him to do any of that. Jesus says and does things that you don't expect. Jesus says and does does things you don't expect. Now, for us, this communion talk doesn't bother us. But what if if Jesus rolls up and says, you know, I didn't really make you uh, to be living together before you're married. That's really not my plan. Gosh, why are we saying stuff like that? Well, what if Jesus rolls in and says, you know, I didn't make, you know, for, for, for one gender to be attracted to the same gender. I didn't make it like that. You know, 
and people, you start shifting your shoes, you're getting uncomfortable, you're looking around at the people next to you. What if, what if Jesus came out and said, you know, you're, you shouldn't be so, your, your politics and your religion shouldn't be so intertwined that you can't tell the difference? If we started saying stuff like that, then we're, then we're like, oh, okay, I can handle communion, but I don't know if I can listen to this. You know, I don't know if I want to come here to this church every week and be assaulted by these things. You know, I don't believe that. And the list goes on. What if, what if he kept on with this list of things that really hits home for us and our daily life that makes us shift in our chairs, right? And maybe it's even harder for us in this day and age because that stuff comes through people's interpretations of the word of God. It comes from preachers like me or churches or religious bodies where we look at that and we say, you know, well, that's coming from a human. So, so it even gets harder for us to decipher this stuff. It's a hard teaching. Is it right? And so we're left with this, man, is this person right? I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm not sure I agree with it. How do I figure this out? How do I figure out whether it's right or wrong? And we hear, again, we could go on all day. And you're probably sitting there and you can come up with your own list of things that I could say right now from this pulpit that would make you want to get up and leave this church and walk out and be like, I'm never going in there again. That's exactly what Jesus did in a synagogue to a bunch of church people. Wow. So how do you navigate that? It's got to be the Spirit of God. The thing that links us and what's being said, the thing that helps us hear and determine and internalize and figure things out, we've got to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Because if it's our flesh, we're always going to get up and walk out. We're always going to be upset. We're always going to be driven by our preferences and our desires and our selfishness and our lust, our experiences. We're always going to be driven by that stuff. So we have to have the Spirit of God leading us. And that's where Jesus takes them. Look at verse 61. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this. Isn't that what we do? When we don't agree, we grumble. We don't very, very much we don't say, but they're doing this to each other, right? Jesus knew they were doing it. Church people are great at grumbling when they're upset about something. I don't like that sermon this morning. I don't like what that church is doing. I don't like this. I don't like that. I, did you see that on Facebook with so-and-so posted? We grumble, we grumble, grumble. Dude, I'm awesome at that, okay? I'm not telling you. I'm a master at grumbling, right? When we don't like something. Jesus knew it. He knew they were grumbling, so he just addressed it. He says to them, does this offend you? I love Jesus. He's just so awesome. Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? So he's like really going, do you realize what's going on here? What if you saw me in my true state? Would this offend you? Would you be bothered by my words if you saw me in my natural state? If you knew I was the creator of the universe, would you feel the same way? Would you be talking the same way? Verse 63, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The only way to have life, the only way to be led into truth is by the spirit of the living God. You and I as individuals, we as a church body, need to be in touch with the spirit of God because our flesh, our opinions, which we love to rant about, we love to express our opinions, we love to talk to other people about our opinions, we love to get out on social media with the five people that are listening to us and just vomit our opinions all over the place and stir up trouble that we don't have to deal with in person. But do those opinions really change anything? Are they what God wants? Is that what the spirit is leading us to do? So we need to be led by the spirit. It's intense stuff. This is Jesus. It ain't me. I mean, you're reading it for yourself, right? He says, this flesh counts for nothing, which is very strong. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. He's basically saying, I'm the creator. I'm God. What I say is true. So if you have a problem with it, it's not me. It's you. Wow. So verse 64, he says, yet there are some of you who don't believe. Even though you see who I am or you know what I'm saying, you don't believe. 
For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. Verse 65, he went on to say, this is why I told you. And this is where he starts getting to that. You need to be led by the Spirit, guys. You need the Spirit's help to hear me here. He says in verse 65, that, that's why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. God has to help us get this hard teaching. The hard stuff that we don't understand, the stuff that doesn't make sense to us, the stuff that goes against what we've been taught before, the stuff that freaks us out, the stuff that confuses us, the stuff we don't like, we have to have God to help us to think about that and and to internalize it. The Spirit of God has to do that. A human can't argue you into it. Um, no, No article can read you into it. God has to enable you, enable me to receive and respond to the truth. Wow. So, Expect not to expect the right thing. Expect not to expect the right thing. And and that's a good first step, I think, in getting to that place where the Spirit can speak to us. Expect that your humanness will always fail you. Expect that your selfishness will always lead you astray. Expect that, that your thinking isn't what God's thinking is. Expect that God sees the big picture and you don't. Expect that God has something better in mind for you than what you have for yourself. Expect that your expectations are imperfect, that they're flawed. Expect that God is awesome and he has better expectations. Uh, David Kennard showed me a quote this week that I loved and I had to use it here. It's by Adrian Rogers. It says, just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. That's basically what Jesus was saying to him. It doesn't make sense to you, but it's still true and it's still real. You need to seek the Spirit. Ask the Spirit to help you and ask God to help you get this and be led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. That's reality. Though Jesus is who he says he was, people still said, I just can't do this. I just can't follow this guy. It's too much. Can't do it. Whatever that was inside of them, They weren't able to complete this process that he was inviting them into. They left him. And it's amazing. You know what's amazing to me? This has been amazing to me for for a couple years now and looking at this whole. I've been amazed a ton lately at Jesus' ability. The one who created us, died for us, loves us more than we could ever love. How he just let them leave. I mean, I had to kill him inside But he didn't go wandering after them, begging and and pleading, and he let them go. They chose to walk away, and it doesn't say he protested or put up a fight at all. He let them go. You know, it broke his heart, but he let them go. Verse 67, there's there's no anger, there's nothing emphatic. Just look what he says in 67. He says, you don't want to leave me too, do you? He says to the few that are still standing there. He asked the 12. Verse 68, love what Peter says here. So important. Lord, to whom shall we go? You, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You know what Peter's saying there? He's saying, I don't understand any of this either. Like, you know Peter didn't understand what he was talking about. He rarely did understand what Jesus was talking about. Peter's basically saying like, you know, Jesus, I'm gonna, we're going to love you. We're going to stay with you, not for what you do, not based on what we expect you to do. We're staying with you because of who you are. 
we're staying with you because we have a relationship with you. We know you, and we know that there is no one else. So we don't get what you're saying, and it's awkward and uncomfortable, but we're here. Let's, let's, let's dig into this. That's a disciple. So the thing today is very simple. Be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. When it comes to change in any area of your life, seek to be led by the Spirit as God enables you and not let the flesh win out because only God's expectations are great. Embrace Jesus for who he is and not just what you expect him to do for you. You know, in a church setting like this, it's impossible to tell. Just like in the crowd that was listening to Jesus, it's impossible to tell who's there because they really just have a relationship with Jesus based on what he does for them or what they expect him to do. And the people who follow Jesus because of who he is, regardless of what he allows to happen or what he does in their lives. It's impossible to tell in this context because we're all sitting here. Embrace Jesus for who he is because you believe him, because you know him, because you trust him. Not just based on, I can't believe he let that happen in my life. I can't believe he's saying this. I can't believe he did this. Why would God do this? Why is this happening? That's not a relationship. Expect awesomeness. I'm not saying to expect to be miserable. Expect awesomeness, but expect it on his terms and by his definition, not on your terms and by your definition of what's awesome. Dealing with change is really about being led by the Spirit of God. It's about us as individuals seeking the Spirit. And if we as individuals do that, then holy cow, then you've got a church that's actually led by the Spirit. What can God do with a community of people that is led by the Spirit as opposed to just a few individuals? A church cannot be Spirit-led if its people are not. church can't be Spirit-led if its people are not. So for you, as you sit here today, what's the next step for you in responding to what you've heard this morning? Why don't you just bow your heads for a second, and uh, I'm going to pray to close, and, and you guys are going to be able to leave here and, and meditate further on this, and I hope that the response will be that you will seek God harder about maybe some specific issues. Maybe you're sitting here, and the Holy Spirit is showing you specific issues, but what is the next step for you? What is the next step for you? This week, today, to respond to what you've heard. What's the next right decision that you can make to bring you closer to being a spirit-led person instead of a flesh-driven person? Are your desires, are your expectations being driven by the Spirit of God or driven by the flesh? Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, this is the first time I've ever been in church. Like, my friend invited me or whatever. I'm new to this whole God thing. Wow, this is, this is real spiritual stuff. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you want to know the truth. Well, I encourage you, reach out to Jesus yourself. Talk to him. Have a conversation with him. Spirit of God, if you're real, will you lead me? Will you speak to me? Will you show me the truth? I want to know you. If you are the creator, if you're the one who truly did die on the cross for my sin, will you help me to understand who you are? I'm willing to have a conversation with you, to have a relationship with you, to give my life to you. I just, I need to hear your voice. Maybe you pray a prayer like that. Even in the silence of this moment, you just want to pray that prayer. Maybe you're here today and your prayer is for forgiveness because honestly, maybe you've been sitting in churches for a million years. And as you sit here today, you and God know that you are more driven by your flesh than you are by the Spirit of God. It happens to all of us because we're human. And maybe your prayer is very simple. God, forgive me. Because these days, you know, I feel like I haven't been hearing from your Spirit a lot. I've really just let it, letting my flesh drive my spirituality, drive everything I do. 
I'm sorry, God. Can I start over today? Spirit, will you speak to me fresh and help me to to step away from the way things have been and forget about it and start something new today? I want to be led by your spirit. I need to hear your voice at school. I need to hear your voice at work and my family with these situations that I'm facing. As As I deal with things at church and relationships, I need to hear you, Spirit of God. God, enable me to hear you and accept what you have to say. Maybe you're here today and and your prayer is, God, give me strength, enable me, because it is so hard to hear your voice. I have so many things that are blocking that, and you know what those are. Maybe your prayer is, God, give me strength, because this is really difficult for me. I need your strength this week, this month, next month, because warm, fuzzy Christmas isn't all year long. I need your spirit, God. Give me strength to tune other things out. Give me strength not to let my flesh rule. So I'm going to pray, and as as your heads are down, your eyes are closed, and hopefully you're reflecting on the word of God. Man, I just want to encourage you that as I pray, please reach out to God. Please have some kind of conversation with him, and then we're going to dismiss. God, we come to you not only as individuals this morning, but as a church, and we thank you so much for the hope, for the meaning that you give to our lives. Thank you for family, for times of reflection and rest, for times like Christmas where we can really enjoy all of your blessings, God. We can look at the panorama of how incredible you are, God, spiritual and eternal hope, but also time to rest from work and be with the people we love and enjoy good food and give gifts to each other. And It's a season full of love, God, and we thank you for that because you're the author of that. You give us such good gifts. But I pray, God, that our love for you wouldn't just be based on those things and that we wouldn't follow you passionately just in those times. But, God, we would seek to be led by your spirit. God, would you enable us as individuals to hear your voice? Enable us to to tune out the other things, to, to put our flesh aside so that we can hear from you. Would you enable us to be guided by you as we hear things and deal with things that we have a hard time understanding and agreeing with or whatever it is that that we're struggling with? Help us to tune into your voice, whatever it takes. And God, I pray that not just for us, but as a church that we would do that. I pray that Riverside Community Church in this new year coming up in 2013, that we would be led by your spirit to change our city, to change our world, that you would guide us as to how to do that. Help us to have unity as we seek to do that. We need your spirit more than we need anything else, more than we need anything else, more than material blessings, more than, than, than great words, God. We need your spirit in this church to give hope and to be the agency that you want us to be for your kingdom. God, we love you. God, we love you. We dedicate ourselves anew to being people that hear your spirit this morning. We dedicate ourselves as a church to be a people that follows the leading of your spirit. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You have been listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.